Welcome to On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast, where our mission is to teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school. We cover financial basics, investing, business ownership, real estate, and everything in between. On The Fly. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast. Today, we have a great episode on the books. I'm joined by my my co-host, Josh Bassesi, and our special guest of the day, Michael Green. So guys, how are you guys doing today? Phenomenal. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me, Sean. Awesome, awesome. So this also marks uh, Josh's second episode that he's a co-host on. So uh, we're, we're hoping to get Josh a little bit more experience on the podcast and maybe even have him host some episodes here in the future. But today we're going to talk about Michael Green. And our, our main focus of this episode is going to be kind of touching on the family-run business that he's a part of and that I'm actually a part of as well as an employee. Um, and kind of building a company culture and the aspects of company culture. So I've known Michael for about the past two, maybe three years or so as I've worked for air control products. And Michael previously worked down in Cincinnati in the construction industry as well, but he came on full-time, what was it, last May or so? And- It was May 2020, yeah. May of 2020, so shoot, almost, or over two years ago, actually. So Michael's been full-time for over two years now, and he's also been involved in the business for, what, nine, ten years since you were since you were in high school and everything, too? So Yeah, since I was 15. Yeah, so you, you, you've been exposed to it, you've been brought up into it, and that's that's kind of the, the intriguing part that I, I'm interested in hearing more about. And I guess in preparation for this episode, I listened to or I re-listened to your dad's podcast episode with Frank Favaro <laughs> as I was driving around to appointments today. And I kind of want to see like how your dad answered some of those questions and how you're going to answer some of those questions too. So I guess, Michael, are you able to give our audience kind of a little bit of a background about yourself and I guess the things that are important to you in life? Sure. So like Sean said, I've been with Air Control now full time for little over two years. Um, I am from the Northeast Ohio area. I was born and raised over in Medina. I went to high school at Highland High School, and then I decided to move down to Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, for my college degree, where I actually uh, I got a double major in international business and marketing. Um, and after that, I didn't really want to move back up here, wanted to stay down there, have a really good group of friends that I'm still in touch with. So I got a gig working in construction software, actually. So uh, stayed down there, did that for, oh goodness, I guess three or four years. Um, Met my wife when I was in school. She's from Northeast Ohio. Um, My dad called me, said, hey, it's time to get back up here. So uh, moved back up here early 2020. Now I have a child and um, the last part of your question, things that are important to me. Um, certainly my marriage is top, um, but also, you know, being a father um, as far as personally goes. And like Sean kind of touched on 
business, but specifically our culture, providing a place to work where people enjoy coming to work every day, um, see air control as a place that they are going to be at a long time and see it as a place to grow. And yeah, I guess that's kind of my 45 second elevator speech. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And and I must say to you that Michael's wife, Joss, is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And his his daughter, Lou, is an absolute, absolutely adorable. So, yeah, Michael definitely has a lot, a lot to be thankful for. And it's it's been a great opportunity for me as well to work with Michael and work with the Green family in general at our control products. And Michael hit the nail on the head when he talked about providing a culture for that's different than kind of somewhere that anyone else has ever worked before, but also that breeds longevity. So, you know, at Air Control, we've had people that have worked there for 30 plus years. And I guess like people our age, you, you tend to see people hopping around from company to company like every couple of years to get raises, to get a better experience type of thing. And at Air Control, you really don't see that because, you know, the work environment that we have and the people that we work with, I I feel like it's second to none. And realistically, like the construction industry in general, it's just a, a whole different vibe than other industries, you know, in the state of Ohio, but I would assume in the country as well, because, you know, we've met people from in the HVAC industry from across the country. And it, it's the same type of thing. Like everybody like are good people and they treat people the way that you should. And, you know, one of the, one of the biggest mottos of ACP that sticks with me is being easy to do business with. So, you know, we, we've, I guess the, the origin of being easy to do business with, I kind of have a little bit of an idea of that, but I guess, Michael, can you explain number one, the origin, but number two, why that matters so much? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think besides the fact that he may or may not have stole the verbiage from one of our manufacturers, Greenack, uh, I, at, the, at the end of the day, we're in the relationship business. And, you know, Josh knows he's worked with one of our customers before, but you like doing business with people you like. And part of that is just making it as easy as possible, removing as many barriers as you can to get the job done. So whether that be, you know, being able to interpret drawings, having an engineering staff on site like we do, having a great estimating team like we do, having a stocked warehouse, just being able to provide as much as possible with one call, one email, so on, so forth. I think that's what really encapsulates being easy to do business with. And the biggest thing is just the people we have. Um, I couldn't be happier with the people that I work with. And I think that really shows in our industry and especially with our customers. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't agree more. And not only is it the people inside the company that we work with and that we enjoy working with but i feel like the culture we have it extends out into our other relationships with our customers too so it's it's almost contagious mm-hmm. you know you you can go into like a customer's office whether it's an engineer or a contractor and if you're in an upbeat mood and you're just basically high on life 
you know, they, they can't help but, you know, not feel the same way and not even if they're in a bad mood, you know, if you come in feeling great and happy and asking them like how their day is going, how, how their life is treating them, they, they have no choice but to match your energy. Sure. And that's something, too, that we covered a lot in our recent CX coaching um, kind of rollout with Frank Favaro. And I guess the big thing that strikes me about that is the willingness to invest in the resources to help grow not only the company, but like the employees themselves. So mm-hmm. what's what's kind of your your thought and standpoint on investing in growth and putting money back into the company? Yeah, another great question. You know, personally, and I, I think I can speak for my father when I say this, but um, we are trying to create an environment where people can grow and be their best selves, learn as many skills as possible. And, you know, I think a lot of people approach it as getting the most out of your employees, where I like to think about it as our employees getting the most out of us. So if we can provide the tools, we can provide the education, everything like that, then people are going to want and be able to do more and be better at their jobs. And you know, I, I think investments like Frank Favaro or EOS or technology or anything like that, it just makes people more comfortable. It gives people the ability to be the best that they can be. And like I said before, people are the most important asset. So anything that we can do for our people, it's a no brainer. So, mm-hmm. And I, I want to yeah. rewind real, real quick to um one thing you just said there and it's it's not that a company getting the most out of their people but it's their people getting the most out of their company and i i like i've never really heard that phrase and thought of it that way but you're 100 percent right yeah i think um you can trademark that actually i'll let you have that one for free but uh yeah you know it's it's the big thing you know back in the day people used to love not necessarily love, but the expectation was you go into work, you grind your 70, 80 hours if you want to move up, and that's just what you did. But it's different these days, especially in this market where recruiting isn't necessarily an easy thing. Um, that's not necessarily the motivation behind it, but to provide an environment and an atmosphere that people feel like they can be themselves, do what they're good at, do what they like to do. You know, the rest, you know, it'll, it'll just go from there. So. Yeah, yeah, Michael, this is this is great to hear and all. And I just want to know more about how exactly uh, this company culture and the focus on the people at the company developed with the company. Because I know you guys started in, what, the 70s about? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, 74, right. yeah. So since 74, you guys have been growing and developing your own workforce, but where along the line and what principles were developed to solely focus on your people and create that sort of culture? Yeah, so I can only speak for as long as um, my brain can remember, but, uh, you know, when my grandpa, grandpa started back in 74, he was kind of just in the business to make money, which at the time was very common. 
and over the years, over the years, started making money and seeing the ability to pour into people came to the forefront. Um, and certainly when my dad came in and began a leadership role, I think that heightened even more. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say one thing, one story. One of our longest employees who I don't fact check me on this, but I think he even started there before my dad, who recently re retired, is Greg Cobb. Um, one of the last things he said, and he's not really retired, but, you know, one of the last things he said to me before he left was, this is the best group of people we've ever had. And that is absolutely nothing to do with anybody that previously worked with us, but we've experienced some growth. We've had some success, which has allowed us to pour into people and provide as many resources as we possibly can. Um, and I think as far as I've seen it, every couple of months, it's better and better. But I think culture really was always in the DNA of ACP. And we've now have the ability to really pour into it, like I said. Mm -hmm, 100%. And, and one of the biggest things that sticks with me from when I first met your dad and like kind of had a, a long six month interview process before he finally gave me a co-op offer um, <laughs> is his intense focus on relationships. And he was one of the first people that really like hammered that in my head. Because before I didn't think about relationships in like the business aspect. I thought like you have relationships with your friends and family and that's all. Like I never right. saw it from like the sales and the customer and even the the coworker perspective. But the biggest thing that stuck with me is when he said, we at Air Control Products, we don't fire people. We allow our culture to do the work for us. So if someone fits the culture, everything's gonna go great and they're gonna fit in perfectly. But if they don't fit the culture, the culture will work them out. And yeah. I've had the opportunity to see people who haven't fit the culture and it, he's 100% right. So kind of shifting gears a little bit from culture into, you know, being a family run business, a family owned business since ACP was founded in the 70s, you being third generation, how how does that, you know, what does that mean to you? And how do you see your leadership role, you know, in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, um, well, I'll say it, it means everything. I, I mean, it's a dream, and I'm very fortunate to have the ability to be in a position to lead a company that my grandfather started back, you know, coming up on 50 years ago. Um, it's really hard to, I guess, put into words how much that means. And obviously, you know, having my dad take it over and being able to work with my dad every day. If you would ask me when I was 14 years old, I would have said, oh, my gosh, I can't think of a worse situation. But now I think it's the best thing that's happened to our relationship. Um, obviously, you hear a lot of horror stories of family businesses, and there are plenty out there. But uh, I think it's quite the opposite with us. I think it's strengthened our relationship. I think um, you know it's given us a lot of additional respect for each other. And you add on the layer of it being a legacy of Bob Green, who 
unfortunately passed away, I guess, almost two years ago now. Um, it's, like I said, hard to put into words. And as far as the leadership role goes, I guess the biggest thing is just learning and building relationships internally and externally. Um, you know, I'm lucky that my dad's still young, so I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. But just, you know, taking on as much responsibility as I can, learning as much as I can about the business and you know, learning what motivates our people and what we can do to help our people is really just my focus right now. So who knows what five, 10 years looks like, as you know, Sean, at ACP, one day I'm doing something, the next day it's entirely different. So sure, we have a plan on paper of what's going to happen over the next five, 10 years, but it's probably not going to happen exactly as it's written. So considering you see yourself in like a building phase and a development phase right now, what are some personal things or you know career goals that you see ACP meeting or that you see yourself meeting while at ACP in that like five to 10 year range? That's a really good question. Um, I guess I'll approach this question in two different ways on a micro and macro level. Um, I think I've identified some strengths and weaknesses as we do and when we get into our careers. And my biggest focus right now personally is not necessarily moving my weaknesses to strengths, but moving them out of weaknesses. So I think I've been put in some situations, and Josh, you've been on the contractor side, so you can relate to this, where uh, a contractor is not happy. And whether it's your fault, whether it's the GC's fault, whether Mercury's in retrograde, who knows? It doesn't matter. So I think maybe a generational thing, but I don't necessarily strive when it comes to conflict. So personally, that's something that I'm not chasing conflict, but I'm welcoming it. And I'm trying to see it and use it as an opportunity to better myself. Macro level, um, one of the best things my dad has done for me is he's put me in a, a group called Vistage. Sean, I, I think you know about it. Um, Josh, uh, you may or may not, but it's a group of peers who are, I think there's 10 to 12 of us in the group. We meet once a month, um, a full day session, and we discuss anything under the sun. And it's people in similar positions to me, industries from rubber to software to transportation or anything. And uh, those meetings are so invaluable. I learn ton from these people that have been in the industry for years and years and years. So I guess leadership from a macro level, understanding finances, things of that nature, that's one thing that I see as a personal goal of just absorbing as much as I possibly can. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So on the Vistage side of things, having that opportunity to meet with with those people that are kind of in a similar role to you and maybe maybe 10 15 20 years ahead you know would you say that i outside of your father have there been other people that have been mentors to you that have helped you grow and you can kind of go to when you have questions or when you have kind of problems you're trying to work to work through 
Yeah, that's a great point. And absolutely. Um, not that there are many, but I guess one of the downfalls of a family business is, you know, my dad started working for ACP when he was 18. And like I said, I started when I was 15. And I think one of the reasons he made, not made me, but had me go out and do my own thing for a few years is so I can experience life outside of ACP and kind of see things from a different lens. So being able to talk to people that can view ACP objectively without all of the intangibles is very important and not being stuck in our own little ACP snow globe, as I like to say. Um, yeah, absolutely. I've made a ton of friends and definitely professional mentors throughout that have given me advice that you couldn't put a price tag on. Yeah, Michael, and considering you grew up with it, you know the business like the back of your hand. I just wanted to ask, what do you think what do you think of entrepreneurship and looking at your grandpa and your dad and now you're building up working for ACP and how would that entrepreneurship like affect the community that you surround yourself with with and the community that you build yourself for yourself? Sorry. Yeah, no. Um very interesting question. Uh, I think, I mean, it's the backbone of our country. Obviously, it's what we're all about. Um, but I would say the the way it impacts your community and things like that, being able to provide a place where people can come to work, grow their careers, find them best selves is first and foremost. But being able to find local causes and things of that nature that you can invest in, whether it's time, money, energy, whatever it is, is a huge part of what we like to do. So I would say entrepreneurship is, again, it's of utmost importance to our country as a whole. And it takes somebody that's fearless, almost ignorantly fearless to where they don't even see potential failures you know i could go on and on about some of the stories from my grandpa but um, one of the i think underrated aspects of entrepreneurship and being successful is staying calm and even keeled uh, that's one of the most important things i think my father has taught me is don't get too high don't get too low so it's something that I try to instill in my daily life. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I, I agree with that completely. And and one thing too, the in terms of like the community and the generosity, that's something that I you, you've gotten to witness firsthand through your dad and through your grandpa, but I have as well. Just not only your grandpa starting the Green Acres um, community garden down the street, the amount like your dad will will donate in terms of HVAC equipment to like the local JATC to ASHRAE to, to all the organizations that help make our industry great. And if if you know the cool thing too, not only about Michael but also about his dad, like if we ask, hey, can you donate something to this? The answer is always yes. And that just shows the generosity and, and that ties into the culture as well because that breeds generosity into all the employees too. But on the other side of things in terms of the entrepreneurship and uh, kind of the weight that you have to carry 
as you know a business owner and running a company with what we have 63 64 employees now like mm-hmm. in continually continuously growing by the month but you know if you think of it on a high level you have 64 people that are depending on you and it may not be directly but you know they depend on you and they depend on the company for their paycheck so if if you look at it from a high level like it's it's kind of a lot of pressure and in, in staying even keel and calm under under that pressure is immensely important right yeah yeah absolutely and i think you have to look at it as you have the opportunity that these people are depending on you and that's the motivation of every day you know being representing the top manufacturers having the relationships with their customers that we do um you know we're not always chasing a po or chasing a sale just to do so uh you want to be able to build into that culture that we talked about earlier but yeah sure there's there's pressure i guess but it's good it's a good pressure it's a motivating pressure it's the bulletin board material as they use in sports. So um, I think that's what that's really at the end of the day what keeps us going. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. And two, like you look at like what you said, not chasing a PO. The common misconception about like people who work in sales is that the salespeople only care about your money. They only care about making the sale. They don't care about anything else. And Honestly, like when I was younger, I thought that same thing too. It's like your used car salesman type of vibe. Mm -hmm. You think every salesman is like that. They just want you to spend their money and they want their commission. That's all. But, you know, working in this industry and working for ACP, I've gotten the opportunity to see how it's, that's not the case. And we almost look at it as the fact that the relationship comes first every single time, Mm -hmm. even if we help somebody out, we don't help somebody out expecting something in return. We do it because we want we we have the servant's heart. And that's another thing that your dad has always said that stuck with me. And it's it's that servant's heart to help people without expecting anything in return because you like that person, you enjoy working with that person, and you know that by helping them, you're furthering your, their relationship. So maybe if a sale doesn't come today, it could come two weeks down the road, a month down the road, whatever. But it's having that hindsight, knowing that what you do in the this exact moment is may not you know pay immediate dividends but it'll pay long-term dividends yeah yeah and i think we're our industry is notably a longer sales process than others to touch on that last point but you're absolutely right um i grew up with a very similar mentality of salespeople are sort of a, a greasy trying to take advantage of sort of person and i'm sure there are people out there like that but at the end of the day it's solving problems is what i think we're, we're in the relationship or business of relationships and solving problems there is nothing better than getting a call of saying hey here's my problem whether it be a picture them describing it to you and being able to say okay i'm going to use the resources around me i'm going to use this great team around me like Sean helped me with today and yesterday and provide a solution, be the solution to solve that. And I'm also a strong believer, you know, you get to a certain point, you have money to put food on the table, clothes on your back, a roof over your head. 
then money is no longer the motivator. So being able to solve those problems, build those lifelong relationships with people that just so happen to be your customers, that's what it's really all about. And we all want to help each other. We all want to see each other do well. And that's what's important. So. Mm-hmm. And one quick thing, because I know Josh has a question here in a second, like that, like what you said about our situation today, that's the perfect example of how we solve problems and grow relationships. You know, we had we had someone who reached out that had an unfortunate situation where they need to expedite something quickly. What we originally had worked on engineering wise wasn't going to cut it. So we had to kind of pivot and find a new solution. And through you know the work that Michael and I were able to do together, we were able to find a Heather. Solution. Shout out Heather. Sorry. Yes, Heather. Shout out to Heather too. And we, we were able to find a solution that we initially didn't have in the back of our mind. And that came from information that Michael had from a couple weeks before. And tying that in with like background information that Heather and I had, we put it all together and we found a solution that ideally should make the customer very happy. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely will. So yeah. So I just want to talk a little bit about the fact that it seems like ACP is everything that a company, no matter what size, should strive to be. You know, they support their community, they support their people. And like in in the best sense of the word entrepreneurship, that is providing the greatest value for the greatest amount of people. And it seems like you guys are working your way up to that um, very well. But you talk about it being a relationship business at the end of the day. And I also think that if more people had that mentality when they go into work every day that hey I'm in this to not only provide for myself but at the end of the day provide value to other people and make their lives better by making that that valuable sale not just trying to you know scrape you for money but actually trying to make a win-win situation Um, so that those relationships are so important and I want to plug this book one of the greatest books I've ever read I'm actually rereading it right now it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I think everyone should read it. It's a must read. And it's very, very simple, but it's laid out in a way that makes you think of, you know, how can I provide value to others? Because mm-hmm. when I do so, I not only build my reputation with them, I also b- build my worth to them. And thus I build like a better community, a better overall relationship for business or for friendship or you know for that sort of relationship so it seems like although acp might be a smaller company you guys do a great job of building those relationships and it has a ripple effect on the community and the people around you yeah i'd certainly like to think so Um, at the end of the day i think who you surround yourself with is the most important thing, Um, personal relationships, professional relationships, regardless. I always say what you're doing at work, sure, yeah, it's very important, but who you come in and sit next to or who you are chatting by the water cooler with or, you know, you're walking out to your car with, that is equally, if not more important. You know, we're all humans at the end of the day. We all want to create those personal relationships and have people we trust. So, you know, I think that truly is the backbone of what we do at ACP. 
but also just kind of how I try to view all of my relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like the saying goes, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So yeah. the, why, the why that we have within the company culture allows us to scale scale the culture as we bring on more people and get people to buy into the culture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without our customers, we're nothing. And <clears throat> we like to think that we are a fairly valuable resource to our customers. So being able to, like I said earlier, um, remove as many obstacles or barriers as possible to our customers is what it's all about. So, yeah. Yep, I agree completely. So kind of as we, we we near the end here, we like to finish with three kind of common questions that we like to ask each one of our guests. So right. qu- question number one, what is your number one goal for the remainder of 2022? And this can be both personal or work-related. Oh, boy, that's a... It's a tough one because we I only got three months, so I can't shoot too high here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you want to, you can pivot into 2023 as well. No, no, I, I like the challenge. I'll take 2022. I'll, I'll do a serious and uh, mm-hmm. somewhat less serious answer. Um, personally, it's uh, being a husband and a father. Um, I know that's the cop-out answer, but, uh, you know, currently... My wife's pregnant with kid number two. Uh, pregnancy is kicking her butt. And my daughter has double ear infection and a sinus infection. And I tell you, there is absolutely no worse feeling in the world than having your kid feel that way and not being able to do anything or communicate to her and say, hey, the medicine that we're giving you is going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's number one. Number two. I really want to win my fantasy football league. Uh, I pride myself on being a pretty good fantasy football player. So (laughs) I would say, uh, you know, I spend too much time outside of work, obviously thinking about it. It's kind of my escape, but um, yeah, there's that. Um, Professionally. I mean, I'm always, always looking to just take in as much knowledge as possible. Um, I think one of the things my dad has instilled in me is don't pretend like you know something you don't. Nobody likes that person who's like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. No, I, there's tons of stuff I don't know. And mm-hmm. I try to surround people around me that know way more than I do. Like, I remember when Sean tried to explain to me the psychrometric chart for the first time. I was <laughs> like, what? This isn't real. But now I. I enjoy it. I tried to explain it to somebody the other day. I couldn't explain it to the level that Sean did, but um, I would say fill in as many gaps as possible. And, you know, there's some internal processes and stuff at Mm. ACP that Mm. I'm not as good at as I want to be that uh, I would say I'm trying to check off my checklist before the new year. Uh, those those are all excellent. And we appreciate you taking the time to join us on this podcast episode while both Joss and Lee were not feeling the best. So thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, kind of working into question number two, what is your favorite book of all time, whether it's financial, business, motivation, any any category whatsoever? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. 
Um, I, I'll try to switch it up here. Back in high school, I, you always get those books in English classes and stuff that you just dread and see if you can get by with spark notes personally. Um, <laughs> but one book that all, whenever I get asked this question, one thing that always comes to mind is Heart of Darkness. I don't know if either of you have read it, but uh, it encapsulates a lot of different challenges and allegorial scenarios that uh, at the time of reading it, I didn't understand very much, but taking a look back at it, uh, it's a pretty incredible book and a must read, as Josh would say, absolutely must read. (laughs) I'll have to look into that as well. And then question number three, if you had to give credit to one person in your life that has had the greatest impact on where you are today, who would that person be? Wow. Um, <laughs> there's so many different ways to look at this. Uh, obviously, you look at my grandfather and creating the business that I'm in today. That's absolutely huge my father um you know and obviously my mother is the real backbone of our family taught me everything uh i i think somebody um that i didn't always realize had the biggest impact on my life until over the past few years is my brother um you know growing up he was always the smart one he was the one with the good grades who never got into any trouble. <laughs> and I always looked at him like, you, you're just making me look bad. You know, I'd have teachers and they'd say, oh, you're Robbie's brother. That's awesome. And back <laughs> my head, I'm like, no, no, it's not. But, um, you know, we're so alike and we're so different. And he's an engineer as well. So he thinks entirely differently than me. But his approach to life, it's really had a pretty profound impact on me, his willingness to take chances. Um, You know, he's lived at least for a period of six or eight months in three or four different continents outside of the U.S. over the past seven, eight years without (laughs) knowing anybody going over there and doing things. You know, it's it puts it into perspective of walking into that contractor or engineer's office that's just PO'd about one thing or another, it's not really a huge deal. So, um, yeah, I I guess everybody that I've said, and I'm sure there's 15 to 20 other people that I'm missing, but yeah, my brother certainly had a huge impact on me. Mm -hmm. And and I'll be honest, that that I think that's probably one of the best answers we've received to that question. So excellent job, hundred percent. So before we kind of finish up here, Josh, do you have any kind of final questions you want to ask or any final comments? Well, final comments. Thanks for coming today, Michael. It was great to see you again. Maybe over camera this time. Maybe we'll see each other in person soon. But I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful for the wisdom you shared and. You're talking about relationship building and building the community up and the profound effect other people have had on you. It puts things in perspective for myself and I hope for our listeners as well. So 
glad to be here and thank you for being here. Yeah, absolute pleasure to be on here. Um, I appreciate you guys asking me, you know, some candid, some tough questions and, uh, you know, it's really made me think as well. So I appreciate that. Josh, I hope to see you soon. Sean, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow. Yes, sir. Maybe, Absolutely. maybe not. Um, and uh, anytime you guys need to fill a guest or anything like that, Absolutely. I'll be here. This and this was this was a tremendous episode. You know, we we did definitely ask some hard questions, and you answered them well. You pivoted. You explained a lot of stuff that even I wasn't aware about. So thank you for that as well. Um, kind of as we wrap up here too. Michael, if people want to connect with you on social media, LinkedIn, or connect with Air Control Products, how can they do that? Sure. I mean, we're all over all of them. Um, we actually just started an Instagram account not long ago, which props to you, Sean. I'm actually somewhat thinking seriously or not about starting a TikTok just so I can walk around and make people do dances and stuff. But uh, Danger. Yeah, so um, <laughs> danger. Uh, Michael Green, I'm on pretty much everything uh facebook linkedin twitter or whatever it may be um, feel free to connect with me i you know I, I like to share as much about the industry and about acp as i can so yep, yeah absolutely and find you can find air control at www.aircontrolproducts.com or air control products on linkedin facebook and instagram josh how about you where can our listeners find you yeah, I'm on everything as well. Uh, Instagram at Josh underscore Bassesi, Josh Bassesi on LinkedIn. And yeah, there you have it. Absolutely. And you can find me at Sean Lacey 7 on all social media platforms, as well as Sean Lacey on LinkedIn. And you can find the Financial Literacy Institute at www.thefli.net. Make sure to check out our website, read our blog posts, listen to these podcast episodes. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube as well. But I mean, in closing, Michael, thank you so much. This was a phenomenal episode. Josh, great questions as well. And thank you for jumping in on this too. I mean, I can't wait to see how Air Control Products continues to grow. And I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of it. I look, I appreciate your leadership, your guidance, and the, the honor to work with you and both your dad and the entire Green family. So, the honor is mine. <laughs> But yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you for sharing the knowledge. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners are going to take a lot away from this. So in, in closing, this has been another episode of On The Fly. Everyone have a great night and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast. If you'd like to learn more, check out our website at www.thefli.net and our Instagram at The Financial Literacy Institute. We look forward to you joining us on our next episode as we teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school.